Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. Fuckboy. Holy shit, I haven't done that in a while. I am already lightheaded. I pre-recorded a bunch of episodes because I was traveling, but I'm back in the studio, back with my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Artie chowing down on his fox. Uh, that is, of course, a not a euphemism. He is eating a toy fox. And joining me in the studio, first time guest, I've been on her podcast. I've been on her live show. I've won her live show, which is something I haven't said about someone. I guess I haven't. <laughs> now I'm stoned. I'm like, what? what is that phrasing? <laughs> Guys, put your hands together for uh, podcast host, live show host, Comedian, storyteller, producer, all of the above, Christine Blackburn. Yay. Yay. Welcome to the High and Mighty Studios. I brought some uh, lemon skunk, which I forgot to bring in. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that. And again, that is not a euphemism. That is (laughs) Artie's chowing down on Fox. Christine brought lemon skunk, but those are not euphemisms. (laughs) That is a strain of marijuana. Right? Yeah, it's a a sativa. Oh, I I love a good... This this is... uh, San Fernando Valley uh, OG, SFV OG. Never heard of it. It's wow. pretty good. It's a little, it's uh, Henry's Original. I'll shout out whoever I'm blazing that week. Henry's Original. Um, it's uh, SFV OG. Oh, I was wrong. Yeah, SFV OG. It's a sativa. It's and, and these are pre-rolled, which I love how you know efficient they are. Do you do you ever roll your own? I can't, Here's one thing I can't do is roll a joint. I I'm humiliated either. that I can't. I've been smoking weed now nonstop for 10 years and I can't roll a fucking joint. Yeah. And because I moved to California and never had to learn because you can buy joints already made. Right. Well, I even bought like a joint roller. It's like this little piece of plastic and it has like this little canvas in between like a trampoline and you sprinkle the weed in there and then you do this little crank. I've seen it and thought that I should get that. Yeah, but I can't even operate that. I mean, okay, it's yeah. hard. I buy the cones and yeah. we'll oh, drop the weed in like the kind yeah. that comes with a filter right. or I have some here that are, I'm it just It looks more like a blunt, head. really. Yeah, I I have some that look yeah and then i have these that are like palm leaf oh those are cute 
And I'll just load those up with some grass, and that's a delight. And I managed to make a big... This is my weed drawer. Yeah, I was going to say, Gabrus has a file cabinet of weed, <laughs> which I think is efficient. That's... I And I do have it sort of organized. Top yeah. tier is, you know, stuff I need to blaze. Then underneath is all my cones. And here, we got some raw cones. This is, by the yeah. way, this is my episode of Cribs. Yeah, interesting. And this is literally where the magic happens, behind my studio. Also, I fuck my wife on top of this little filing cabinet. Mm. <laughs> And uh, what were you smoking then? Uh, well, yeah, I was smoking Cialis. <laughs> no, no, it's interesting because a lot of people, like, I don't know, I keep my weed in the in the kitchen more like a spice cabinet thing. Yes, I have only one space that is for me in this house, and you're in it, the High and yeah. Mighty Studio. Yeah. So all of my possessions are in here, more or less. Yeah, I uh, think that's nice to have, isn't it? It's huge for me, because my and also for my wife, who's very aesthetically minded and doesn't probably want a vintage map of Long Island up in the house. No, I think or, this is a great room. This is like being in, you know, Mark Maron's garage or something. Yeah. I haven't been in that garage, but I'm saying, you know, it would be, you know, it's your space. Yeah, this it is my space. It looks like you, yeah. and that's your weed file cabinet. This is my weed file cabinet. Yes. Here's my books. Here's my, what else do I have in here? A pile of clean laundry, as I've been openly defensive about. Arthur is here, Arthur. and there's more foxes <laughs> on the, yeah. is this a fox theme going on uh, for you? My wife's a big fan of foxes as an animal. Yes. Interesting. I think a lot of white women in their their 30s are fans of foxes because they're like aesthetically cute. They're in like anthrop like owls and foxes and like those kind of like f- autumnal animals get a lot of play. But I think like that's there are when they're 12 anthropes. and 13. I think it doesn't change. Hey, Artie. Artie is licking my arm, which he is will. kind of I don't know. It's it's weirdly interesting. Yeah, no, uh, he will like, lick any guess if you have lotion, sweat. Yeah. Uh, if you spilled meat on it a month ago, he'll find oh my it. Gosh. Yeah. My cat has, of course, a really rough tongue. Yes. And she licks me from time to time, but the tongue is smaller. Right. When a big, and Artie's got big jowls and a big tongue and it's wet. If There's you're a, a cat lot person, happening. Yeah. yeah, it's a little nasty. He's no, na- no, it's he- okay. It's okay. He's just a really, a, a, you know, uh, <laughs> has a lot going on in his nasal passages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's He's a disgusting um, critter. I can't okay. explain it. As we say, he's young nasty man, the youngest nastiest critter that ever lived. Well, right, Cheech? I love him. And how old is he anyway? He's nine now. He's a little bit of an old man. This is the kind of dog where you could tell me this dog is two, seven, 14, right. 31, and he it's really is and I'd say, okay. Well, you know, it's it's a size thing. Artie, knock it off, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Stop licking Christine. That goes for both of us. Dirty. Dirty. <laughs> Artie, you're being a nasty he's man. He's all right. He's all no, right. No, I know. But he's just, he's doing it to be friendly, but yeah. he will not That's stop. usually when people do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're not aggressively licking someone to <laughs> show your disdain for them. No. Um, yeah, Artie, it's because he's little. That's how I was for a long time. People shorter than me, I can never tell how old they were. Yeah, interesting. It's okay, honestly, No, John, it's okay, I'd... no, because he also should listen to me eventually. <laughs> Oh, now there was good. You snapped and he jumped he off knows. the couch. Yeah, he knows. And he's going for his fox. Yeah, he's got a bone over here too. We can go for anything. Um, I am so we're so distracted early on. <laughs> this is why having a dog is great when you're alone and high, but when you're trying to do work and high, I'm like immediately like laying on oh, the floor look at, playing with him. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey man, do you want some chicken skin? I'm about to go have some chicken. Do you want some skin? And he gets it. Um but we were planning on talking about being in our prime because that's yeah. something that I've been thinking about more and more lately. Yeah. Like, because you don't know what your prime is until after the fact. Because depending, I know everyone will always say like, you just associate the younger you are, the more you're in your prime. But it all depends on what your goals, this, uh, this is a big, long thought no, no, I was no, going on. I'm totally with. on this. Uh, it all depends on what your goals are. 
in life. Because if you want to be the best basketball player there ever was, yes, maybe youth is paramount. But if you want to be artistic in some way, uh, age and experience is helpful, uh, you know, or maybe you don't even know what you really want to be good at or uh, have fun with. Like, because I love to travel and I feel like if I, when I get older, I'll be like, the, by the prime of my life was when I was probably traveling the most. And that'll be in my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not the traditional well, quote unquote prime. It's really refreshing that you said that about, you know, people that are getting older and have more experience for a couple of reasons. Number one, I happen to really love old people, as it were. Like yes. I play tennis with a guy who's 82, a guy who's 81, a guy who's 78. Like I play. You know, and they're my I friends. I love old people in doses so much. Yeah, so so, so do I. They but, get a but, but, my, but also now that I am old, it, <laughs> well, you're, it's you, super refreshing. You play refreshing. tennis with the eighty-two-year-old, then you go, and now that I'm old, makes no, but, it sound but, but, like but, you're but, eighty-one. But, I mean, I'm not that old, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, I definitely think as you get older that I feel closer to in my prime, though I don't. I'm not quite there. And when I hear people say things like, you know, the good old days when I used to, you know, and that was back in the good old days, and I think. I don't even know what the good old days would be because I don't think I had them yet. I mean, I've had good times. Right. And you, but you're progressing. Yeah. I'm always progressing. Well, like, that's I don't, the thing. I if you're the... getting better, like, cause maybe yeah. I was in great shape when I was 22 right. to 25, but maybe I'll be in great shape again from 41 to 44. Of course. Like physically healthy wise. And then like, when was my prime really? Yeah. If I'm yeah. enjoying it more cause I'm in my forties and working hard for it. And is that not my prime then? Yeah, I I feel like I'm hitting my prime. But then I do think there were other points in my life when when I thought I was in my prime, but looking back, I wasn't. Yeah, that's fair. Well, because I also think what you value, what you're looking at as prime, prime meaning like the top, the best of, I think what you consider, what you're keeping in mind in that at that moment changes as you get older too. Because I thought I was so cool when I was 25, but when I was 35, I was like, I can't believe I acted like that when I was 25. But yeah. when I was 25, it was fun and it Age was really great. And I thought, but I also thought to myself, I'm in my prime. Then I was like, oh, I was so dumb. I was so, I didn't care about reading and shit like that. And then when you get like, you change and you're like, oh, I wasn't the best version of myself then because I'm so much better now. Right. But with the tools that you had, right. you, you might have been doing the best that you could. Right. But I, yes, but I would that not make it, that wouldn't make it my prime then. Right, because if I improve, okay. So Serena Williams, <laughs> as she keeps well, she just lost the other day, you know. But I know, but 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 you know, she's dominated so much, and she says as she gets older, when she sees the finish line, she says, "You don't slow down, you speed up." And I've definitely felt that. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So you mean like in, in life, my head, as I'm I thinking get older. real during races, but we're talking metaphorically, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could see that. Well, I think part of it is. You get a healthy dose of mortality once you're uh, a certain age where you're like a parent dies, peers pass away, peers have severe health things that you only used to associate with old people. And then you realize you are old people like right. you have kids or all your friends have kids and you're like, holy shit, I'm I'm not old. But when I if you asked me fucking 10 years ago, if I thought 36 was old, I would have told you, yes, that I is know, old. And I now know. I don't feel old at all. And I'm not saying that because of present company, Arthur, but I'm saying, I'm saying that is because I feel better and I feel like I can get even healthier. And then when oh, I'm, you, Oh, you can. I mean, I obviously, I 
visibly can. But like, I could be in better shape when I'm 40 than when no, I'm 36. But, you know yeah. what? I think especially with men, a lot of men hit their stride at like 45. Like that's almost like the most handsome. Men seem to keep, in my opinion, and I've dated a lot of men, it, <laughs> it seems like they get better looking and better looking and better looking. And they're also generally accomplishing into their mid 40s. Right. Then they hit what they call, well, they used to call middle age crisis. I don't know. You know, that used yeah. to be like a term. A midlife when, crisis. A midlife crisis. Like my dad literally hit, yeah. hit midlife crisis, you know, left our family, bought the red convertible, moved out with uh, his tennis partner. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just saying it's so, 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 but that still happens today, even though 45 and 50 year olds that we know dress like boys, act like kids. Yeah. There's still that psyche I of hitting say, that age. I will say we should have put a, a little like disclaimer that living in Los Angeles, men go through their midlife crisis at like 70 here because <laughs> at 50, they're like in like, uh, you know, cool streetwear. Well, that's and, what I'm saying though. They hit yeah, their stride about 45. Yeah. I, I think in LA it's a little different too, because there's like that weird, like adult, man that you can't tell if he's married or single but he definitely spends a lot of money and time on himself somehow yeah and you're like how what is your life i mean because there are wealthy people out here and there are wealthy people who have tons of free time out here yeah. there just has to be <laughs> the, 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 yeah the, the worst thing about those kinds of guys if i see them uh, and they look you know the, the 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 clothes look amazing come up in this great car they're super handsome great haircut great smile great eyes good eye contact speak well funny you know all these wonderful things and then you look or they touch you and their hands are like like a dead fish, you know? Yeah. Like they're white and they're pasty and they have never held, you know, they haven't ever even like held, a, well, let alone a hammer, they haven't held a... A pen. Know, a pen, they haven't like uh, potted a plant or they haven't, right. you know what I mean? They haven't like weeded a garden or... They have like... Uh, like that is such a weird off. hands. Yeah, and they probably get manicures more than me, and that's like ugh. that's a little much for ugh, you. Yeah, yeah that's that, hard. Yeah. So, do you feel like you're in your prime yet, or do you feel like your prime is about to arrive? I would like to think it's about to arrive. I thought it really would. It hap I thought it would happen when I turned fifty a couple years ago. What? And that's why I took that picture. You know that picture. The picture she's referring to is from her <laughs> uh, flyer for her new one woman show, Surviving the Ride, and it's you'll you'll find it. Uh, but it's her uh, fully nude on the back of a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. But tasteful. Nothing. Well, you're not fully nude. You are wearing a scarf. I'm wearing a scarf, <laughs> right? A I scar remember when I was working out the details of that of that uh, photo shoot with the with the guy that was driving the bike who I used to go out with. He um, he said, "Well, you're gonna wear like like panties or a thong or something or something, right?" And I go, "What do you think? I'm a slut? No. Why would I wear? That's gross. That's like bleh, you know, nothing." But anyway, so you, maybe I would think, oh, well, look at that photo. That would be like, I would, I guess I would look at that photo and think like, well, that was probably my prime. Right. But when but we I, say but prime, see, do so we physical. say, because I know that's a physical thing. And if we're really going to go physical, then of course it was when I was 22. Right. You know what but I mean? Of but of maybe we should redefine prime because prime is people think, oh, that's, fi that's physical. H hotness. Yeah. yeah or hotness or physical capabilities whether they be sexual or athletic or you know like i used to be able to stay up for four days partying and then blah blah, blah. <laughs> um so is it physical if if it's not then when what does the prime mean does it mean you're living your best life are yeah, you enjoying it, it the most or it, are you succeeding the most or means, do those it, go hand in hand to me it means that your needs are being met 
and and so that's you know physical and monetarily but then it's also you know are you accomplishing what you set out to do? Are you, are you, yeah. do you, are you feel inner, inner success? Yeah. I mean, because success is really about inner peace. Like, are you at peace with what you're doing? And you know, now I'm going to drop a name, but seriously, I got to talk to Larry King last week and I had him on my, on my eighth anniversary show. And <laughs> I'm going to drop a name. Yeah, I'm dropping and a little, Larry, uh, plug it. There for it is. And, and that's <laughs> it. Well, I meant to say that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do both. <laughs> and my new one woman show. And uh, anyway, uh, no, so, so Larry King said, you know, I, I never, I said I said something to him about you know how life is really about it's divided into three things work play and <laughs> wait a work play and love and I said and I know you have love because he's married this you know beautiful woman has five great kids and and I know you have work uh, but what do you do for play you know and I know that he I know that he watches baseball and stuff but anyway I asked him and he goes uh, oh I don't I don't consider it work. You know what I mean? So his his job, he doesn't yeah, consider work in, work. So like he's, the expression, enjoy what you do, and you'll never yeah. work a day in your life. Yeah. Oh, yo, that's a good expression. You should put that on a on a pillow or something. I, I have it on a few throw pillows around my house. <laughs> I also have uh, don't postpone joy. Yeah, and I and see the live, laugh, learn. Live, laugh, learn. F is for family. <laughs> yeah, and hang in there, baby. Yeah, that's classy. Oh, that's that's just me. I like that one. <laughs> Hi, PP. Uh, I also have. Uh, even heroes have egos, and it's Plastic Man, uh, Reed Richards, and someone else uh, from the comic world. All stretchy characters have their penises stretched out in uh, a bathroom. Enormous penises. Who did that? Uh, my mom bought that at a psychological <laughs> uh, hospital, a psych You're hospital. Kidding me? You're yeah, they let the, the patients sell their artwork That's in so the beautiful. lobby, and the money goes to charity or to something like but that. But your mom got you artwork with penises. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's honestly, and I this is like more of a conversation for therapy, but it's like the one thing my mom's ever gotten me that was like in in my taste like she That's she demonstrated for you for she demonstrated that she understood me as a person yep and that was she, the one gift in 36 years but know. that's beautiful oh yeah but at least you have something and you see it and it right. reminds you of that yeah yeah because because definitely she would have looked at that and thought that's right. my son that's my son a huge hog a huge cock. famously has a huge cock <laughs> even heroes have egos yeah and they're all just measuring their penises. I don't know. My brother has one of Hulk on the toilet in his uh, bathroom. Oh my gosh, your mom got that him. That my mom got him from the same artist. So the, she's, uh, she's same patient. Sense of humor. She has a bit of a sense of humor. She's goofy. More yeah. than your dad or your dad had more? My they were both they're both really funny. My mom could laugh more. My dad was more serious, but super funny and sarcastic and mean. But like funny mean. And then my mom is like goofy and, and can laugh at herself. Yeah. And like silly and confident That's so i have nice. like a little bit of uh both of those worlds did your mom work when you were growing up yeah she, yeah she was a dentist assistant and then a nurse oh wow yeah. oh wow that's nice yeah it was nice for financial reasons but we were home alone all the time which is not a big deal right but see like um in my in my because i'm like a generation ahead of you as it were in my so my mom didn't work you know she was a homemaker right and she uh she made our clothes by hand for many years. I mean, we were poor, right? So she, you know, she would add material to the bottom of my pants to make them longer. So as I got taller, I could keep wearing the Jeez, pants. Where'd you grow up? You could, you could tell how old I was by counting the rings around my pants. That's crazy. I was like my, a tree. My dad used to tell stories of like, uh, when uh, the new school year started, we didn't get new sneakers. We got baseball cards to put in the holes in our sneakers. Oof. 
That's tough. <laughs> that's yeah, what you used no, to say, I and I don't know that if that's part. like. Yeah, wow. Yeah. No, it wasn't like that, but it was but definitely. That's like the sad story shit that that yeah. generation loves. Yeah, yeah, it, because those people, like my parents grew up, they grew up in the d- depression, or right. they were born in the depression, I should right. say, in the or in the 30s. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot yeah, of they were, life- So they were either, or they were immigrants who came and they were coming from tons of hardship. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, that generation our- has a lot of- Hardships. Yeah, and then the first reflection, like, which would be, uh, you know, uh, the, the generation after that would be sort of like the- Work is all. Work is all that matters. Make money. Right. Yeah, Latchkey kids. Yeah, that was yeah, you. yeah. And that was and you. like get your kid to college and let them have a better life than you. Who cares what's happening for the yeah. first and twenty-two years? And they put so much emphasis on college, which turns out, you know. Oh, I know because I was like the first one to go to college in my family. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. But like we had, to, I had to go. I had to go. I had to go. And like going to college. I mean, this is so. This is so like trod territory, but. Going to college when you're 18, like choosing where to live for four years when you're 17 is such an insane choice. I definitely just chose, like my mom made the decision for me, more or less. Yeah. And my and your mom's going to choose, your mom's going to have different motives in mind. For example, for some reason, all the schools I looked at were two and a half hours or less away, like drivable. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I guess everyone goes to school in their home state or whatever. Then you're like, I have a friend who's like, I'm going to go to North Carolina. I'm like, yeah. whoa, you're going good to Chapel idea. Hill? Are you kidding? Yeah, or like you my can friend, do that? My friend went to University of Miami. I'm like, that's brilliant. And I'm like, yeah. fuck. Why, you know, I could have gone away or seen another city now that I know about travel. But because I was 17 and I just wanted my mom to stop asking me questions. Now, check this out. My, you- my father, he's okay. He, my father um, worked at the university I went to, but. So my four older sisters and my brother all went to that university. Right, because so that's the way to get you knew, all in. I was always knew I was going there. I, I always knew I was going there. So, like, nobody told me to study for the SATs. I didn't even know what an SAT was. I just, my mom or dad, somebody dropped me off at the school and they said, you're going to take this test. We just have to turn it in. We all knew I was going to get accepted because I was the sixth child. We were all going. We all went to the same school. And so what school I, was this? Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And it, they have a basketball team. They were kind of known for that. Right. Anyway. But so, it's like it's Duquesne, but it's spelled like D U Q U E S N E. Yeah. There's one of those here on the West Side. Is there? Well, you're not on the West Side, but mid yeah, you're mid anyway. Um it always goes back to traffic in LA, you know. but but yeah. Um what we were talking about. Um, your dad went, worked at the university, yes, uh, Duquesne. Exactly. You ended up going there. Yeah. So I went there and you were what the was sixth kid. You just like got yeah, in. Yeah. SATs. Oh, like my SATs was like, I scored an 860 on my SATs. That's bad, right? Yeah. 860. You get like 400 to write your name on each section. Right. And, but it's also the SATs aren't even like a, an intelligence design. Like it does, it makes no sense that that's part of like why going, it's sort of like, makes as much sense as like auditioning is what you do to try to get on a in a movie yeah because like an audition is nothing like shooting on the day yeah no 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 but exactly like an SAT is not like college aptitude or like life aptitude in yeah. any way I mean but that test was so flipping hard I still could never pass that test no <laughs> yeah. way no is, way but is like there is no passing and failing right it's just like a measure of aptitude because I did really well and like look at where I am we're in the well, exact yeah, same but spot see, but isn't that impressive <laughs> then the, but, but, but to, I think it means that you were educated in such a way that you actually learned. Right, maybe. So you knew more than I did. I'm just saying. I'm not I saying was I wasn't take, smarter. I was from I'm the test-taking the... generation. Good for like, you. I think, in a way, right? That's good. In a way, that's good. I think like standardized testing really popped off because like 
this would be the 80s and 90s that I was in school. Yeah. And that's when uh, standardized testing was coming out because I knew I was good at tests and thank God or else I wouldn't have gotten through school because I wasn't good at projects or paying attention or working at home. So what was your SAT score? Do you remember? It was, I do know what it was, but I'm forgetting. It doesn't matter. You it's just 1330 tell me. or 1360. Oh I forget. Yeah. You guys. I should have just said 1360 because that's better. But it's it's 1360. And then you heard what I said. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> no, it shouldn't I'm be. I'm so embarrassed right now. It shouldn't be because it doesn't matter. <laughs> First of all, well, it was I remember years yeah, ago. Yeah. Don't weekly worry. <laughs> people ask me about my college transcripts. <laughs> I, I was just like working on a resume with someone and I was like, take your GPA off. And they yeah. were like. Why? And I'm like, because you're 35. Oh, no one talks about your GPA. So and it's like, funny. but I did so good. And I'm like, yeah. I know, but no one cares. No I one cares know. after your first job. Well, and also, why do you? No one even cares where you went to school after your first job, unless no. it's like some sort of networking thing. And it's hard to even, yeah, it's hard to care. It's it's just hard to care in general about, like, do you ever see people that wear their class ring? It's like, you're 42, you know, and they're yeah, wearing a ring. I, like, they peaked at 21. That is that what you're saying? That your prime was 20? Right. Is that what you're saying? It is kind of it is kind of weird because then you're also if you're living in the past like saying you're 20 was your prime when you're 41 you're not going to have 40 there's no chance for 42 to be better than 20 Can't if be. you're constantly looking back cuz you it. didn't put it away. Yeah. You have to like clear your head of you try to get some new ideas like maybe rearrange the furniture. Yeah. That sort of thing. <laughs> you got to rearrange it. Get your weed cabinet into some files yeah, and make some out. sense out of the world. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Um wait, so <laughs> what 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 are you saying when you uh say like about the prime? Yeah. What are you saying when you want to like what what can you do to achieve your prime? Like what for you? You know, what, let's yeah. make it even more specific. Yeah. Let's yeah. make it even more micro. For you, yeah. Christine, what 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 would you need going on? And it doesn't even have to be specific, but like, what would you need going on to be considered in your prime? Feeling good? You know, like, what, in, in, what, in what areas are we talking about? I'm talking about financially and work because yeah. I just want to do, which most people, most people want to do, fruitful labor. Do you know what right. I mean? So I want to work and be happy with what I'm doing and get paid for it. Right. So That's my, the dream. A lot of yeah. people, unfortunately, don't even get to... A lot of people yeah. do stuff they hate to make that money. They yeah. do. However, they don't mind the compromise because they, when they're off, they're off and they're just going to be able to rest their mind. Right, right. When you're a creative person like you are and like I, I am, the mind doesn't really turn off, right? So it keeps on going even if it's sometimes two in the morning or four in the morning and you're on Twitter or, you know, upsetting up dating a website or there's so many little things that we can keep thinking about. Oh, and right. so I guess for me, being you can in either my- be off all the time or never have a minute off. Yeah. Like if, but it's all I mean, what it, your brain can do. It's yeah. impossible to get. And I don't necessarily mind that, but I look forward to, and I think I'll be in my prime when I get paid for that, for kind of what I'm already doing, right, but on a bigger right. platform, you know, um, because I, b- both my game show and my podcast are easily <laughs> transferred into 30 minute shows. Uh, okay. Okay. Now Ooh. I see why you wanted to come on. Because of this dog is licking my foot and it is something else. <laughs> Artie, you must something stop, dude, or else. else I have to get you do out you of here. Do you do this with all the guests, Artie? He he does. No offense to Aww. you. I don't want you to I, I don't want you to feel less special. special. I thought I was. But he's going he's going after you. He's going after you. Um <laughs> what, previously when you thought you were in your prime, what what are you looking back on it now going like, ooh, I I could see why. Okay, well, yeah. I was a flight attendant for seven years. And when I was a flight attendant, I made good money, 
went wherever I went, went wherever I wanted. I traveled to some of the best hotels in the world. I dated a lot of different people. I had a lot of fun. And who wouldn't that be the best world for? And it was a lot of fun. And for many years, I, I it was good. Um, but why wasn't what that should have been my prime? I mean, I why wasn't it for you? Because you weren't because not it was doing repetitive. Exactly what you wanted to do. Well, first of all, it was repetitive. It was customer service. And when you are a flight attendant, what you do on the first day is what you do on the hundredth day is what you do in the sixth year and in the seventh year. It doesn't change. Oh, I Coke see. Poker spray, chicken or beef. Right. Poker spray, blanket, pillow, headset. Hot right. Towel. There's not a lot of variation in that job. No, and no, there's no you have no control. But, but you're on the plane anyway. For yeah, long, and you, you know. really have you just have no control because it's all about seniority, and so there's you know there's a, just a certain amount of choices. Anyway, it's a it's a great job. It really is, especially in your 20s. But it's like being a waiter is a good job too. You know what I mean? Or right. working down at the tennis courts, or you know helping out. You know, be, you know working at the beach, or you know those are all good jobs. Yes. But is it a career? Do you are you accomplishing anything? Like, are you doing that fruitful labor? Or well, it all are, depends on what your uh, what your yeah, goals are, right? Because for some, like yeah. you're saying, someone's like, I like that I get money, and I like that right. I get free. Tra- right. I get a lot of travel perks. So that's, and that's enough for me to do until yeah. I retire. I just can't imagine because you just. There's no sense of getting ahead. I could be the best flight attendant in the world, smile, be happy, be this, be that, and just be so good to the company. But you just know it's... You are more important than I am because you have one day more seniority and you're the worst flight attendant. Oh, so I would So in other words, be. there's no... Yeah. I would be smashing <laughs> my time. thick thighs one on time. everybody's elbows as I walked. The yeah, worst, tell, us some, tell me some the fucking crazy some, flight attendant well, there stories. There were some smart-ass flight attendants like my friend Jody, who I went through training with. She quit within a year. She hated it so bad, but we were on a flight together. And some lady's like, you know, ma'am, I have a double seat assignment and that's my seat and there's somebody in there and I had that window and my friend Jody just looks at her and just goes, bummer, man. <laughs> you know, oh. it's just like, I, it's just not going to be for me. I yeah. Oh yeah. I this, can't care. I just yeah, can't I, care. I don't I couldn't care. have a job where people constantly complain to me. That yeah. would be hard for me because I don't enjoy being complained to all too much yeah. despite being married. Um, but you know, tell us some. Tell me some. Tell me some more uh, crazy. You're so funny. <laughs> crazy um, flight Well, you know, it, it was it was a really good career for a long time. We would <laughs> fly. Um, well, you know, like would you guys like land? So you fl- fly from Pittsburgh to or wherever to California. You don't fly out till the next day. Well, yeah, it just depended. You could have a short layover or a long layover. A yeah. short layover is thirteen hours or, or less near the airport, and over thirteen or fourteen hours, you're going into the city. So, like twenty seven hours in San Francisco would be a great layover. Right. Twenty four hours in Miami. I mean, any cool city. They put you up. Of somewhere. course, you're in a nice hotel, and in the union rules show that it certain has to be around a certain amount of gyms and 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 things to do, theaters and and shopping malls and things like that. Restaurants. Oh, that's so, so cool. So you like so you you'll yeah. land, you'll be like, we have twenty seven hours. All right, I'm gonna catch five hours of sleep. Let's go right. and get lunch. And then Let's you go. get used to the hotels. You know what I mean? Like I know we're gonna stay in this Westin. Oh, we're gonna stay at the you know the Sheraton downtown in, in Chicago. Yeah, oh, let's go to that bar downstairs yeah, and then go yeah, get yeah. Oh, burritos. You get to know yeah. all the places, you get to know the best bars in the best cities. Yeah, so it's super fun. No, I, I think it's well worth people's three to five years or whatever you or the rest of your life. God bless you. But for me, yeah. It just was um, you know, unfulfilling. So that might have been a time when you'd think I'd been in my prime. Right. But and it wasn't. It really well, wasn't. Uh did you ever have any uh catch anyone doing anything weird on a flight? Yes. Okay, good. Let me tell you some a quick some quick well, I won't even make them quick. <laughs> Don't yeah, not One here. time I saw a couple snorting coke off the tray table and they were in the emergency exit row. 
Okay. <laughs> so we used to fly around. This is like, I flew between 89 and 96. This is like a long time ago. I mean, we were barely called flight attendants. We were still sometimes called stewardesses. We still wore, you know, crazy bows around our necks. And, you know, we yeah. had to have high heels Weird on. hats and High shit. heels on. We didn't have hats, but we had to have high heels on at all times unless we were serving and it was over 10,000 feet. Then we had to have on a serving garment and a certain name tag. And it was very, <clears throat> very regimented. Very much union, excuse me, uniform. Uh, it's very much uniform. It was just very important. Also, our hair, right. nail polish, makeup, navy right. pantyhose, was- padded beige bras, <laughs> oh. earrings less than a quarter in size. Oh, they were so like... Like a Disney almost kind yes. of a thing. Oh. This was the uniform. And when you became a flight attendant, you got a wardrobe of things. You did pay for it over like a three-year period. They take money out of your paycheck. But in your wardrobe would be like, um, you know, a double-pleated pant or, you know, double-breasted blazer, single-breasted blazer, summer dress, winter dress, two skirts, pleated pants, flat, you know, whatever. And then... Uh, it's like you know, being a soldier. You yes, know, like you like have to eight, wear like these this eight uniform. shirts, yeah. and these are the ties, and this is the raincoat, this is the winter coat, this is the umbrella, these are the gloves. So, I mean, it was way, way uniform. You know, it, it was very important. Uh, okay, but let me get back to the, the couple sorting coke on the tray table. So, I, so what I was going to say is back then, we flew around frequently with not that many people on the plane. You know, we flew around with 15 people on the plane. With a bunch of empty seats. 20 right? people on the plane. Oh, yeah, empty seats all the time. Because often in the in airline industry, you know, of course, it's about getting the planes in positions. And so whether anybody's going to Kansas City, this plane needs to be there to go to the next right. on the next leg, et cetera. So we flew around frequently with very few people. So on this particular day, there were only like maybe 20 people on the plane. And anyway, this couple is doing snorting coke. So I go to the co- cockpit and I say to the pilots, hey, you guys, you know. And it's Denzel Washington from yeah, Flight. And that's he's right. Like, Who's doing Coco That's puffs? right. That's right. Surely, surely you're mistaken. And I said, quit calling me Shirley. But no. Uh, but I had a cockpit key. You go into the cockpit, and I you don't do. They don't think they have that anymore. But when I was a flight attendant, you did. And so you go into the cockpit, and I see you guys. These guys are snoring coke on the tray table, and the and the pilot says, "Okay, well, what do you want to do?" And I said, uh, "I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you mean? What do I want to do?" And he goes, "Well, do you want to take the delay?" And I'm like, what? And he goes, when we land in Miami, wherever we were going, do you want to take the delay? And I Someone go, was doing coke on a flight to yeah, Miami. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, so right? on the nose, and pun so, intended. Exactly. Up the nose. And so he, he, I said, well, no, I don't. And he goes, just tell them to move, you know, have them move their seats. But he was concerned because in the flight attendant world, everything is about the schedule. It really is. In, right. in the airline world, I mean. So- if there is a delay on the plane, somebody's going to take that. Is is the pilot taking the delay? Are the mechanics taking the delay? Is it catering? Is it the gate? Is it the res? Who is taking the so delay? So they're saying like, if you want to bust yeah, these want, guys for yeah. doing coke, you, it, it, the delay goes on your card or so whatever. Forget that, man. I just went back and said, you guys, you just moved to another. Just you can't be in the exit row. We can't trust you in a case yeah. of emergency. Yeah. Although I think I'd rather have like a coked up guy <laughs> trying to open the door. <laughs> just like coke strength, screaming, chewing his lips off as he fucking. When I was in flight attendant training, they were so into the uniform, like I was saying, that one time during training, they were showing, it was like during accident week, which is like shark week, but with airplane accidents. <laughs> oh. And you go through all the airplane accidents. So we're watching this Air Florida flight that happened in like 1982. It took off from Dulles Airport in D.C. It was heading to, I forget where, but it it uh, it, it it crashed onto the bridge over the Potomac River. It crushed seven cars, killing everybody. And then the, the airplane teetered on the bridge for a minute and then fell into the Potomac River and sank. 
There was only the tail cone of the plane sticking out. It was just an absolute surreal scene. And we're watching this video, like I said, during accident week. There are people standing along the riverbeds. It's about five o'clock at night. And people are trying to help these people trying to claw their way out of this icy river. There's maybe, you could see maybe 20 people in the water trying to get out. And... Jesus. And it was terrible. And everybody was helpless to do anything. It was just, there were ice chunks floating around. The plane isn't even seen. So now helicopters come in and they are dangling this rope down and a flight attendant gets on this rope. Okay. She's one of the five survivors of this whole flipping crash. She's on this rope. She's spinning around in the air, hanging on for dear life. And the, and the, Instructor stopped the tape, the VHS tape. And she, she said, you see that? You see that? She was wearing a serving garment. And she says, you want to be on national television in your serving garment? See, because you got to wear your blazer on takeoff and landing. <laughs> Jesus I know. Christ. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. I think you're like, see, still got the high heels on. That's, make sure. Yeah. That's so terrifying. It was. Because it always drove me crazy that cops had to wear dress shoes. Yeah, right? I was like, why won't. They let cops wear like boots that yeah. protect them or sneakers that they can run in. Still, Why can't they wear like stretch pants that yeah. look nice? Because I guess you don't want a bunch of sloppy looking cops because they would make you feel like yeah, not respected. But it, like they want, if they have to chase someone, I want them to be able to run. Two things. I think cop uniforms are very hot. I mean, in general. <laughs> yes. Like if I were at one of those shows and there were five, you know, and there was like a cowboy and then a cop and a, you know, an Indian chief, I would probably go for the Indian chief. Are you talking chief. about a YMCA concert? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but uh, maybe. Village people concert, mm-hmm, rather? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. After the Kenny Loggins concert, I would go to. And then I'm old people. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Being flight attendant is a great job for a per- period of time. But right. I can't imagine somebody thinking they're but in, so a, you in thought a prime at that. While you were doing it, like this could be my prime. But then, as your pri- so fun. But then, so as your fun. priorities change, and then maybe fun isn't all it is. Exactly. You want to be challenged, or you want to be. You want to feel a little bit learn like, or something. Oh, perhaps yes. Perhaps yeah. there's more here to this. Right. Life. And then when you start to do that, you reevaluate. Then you reprioritize. Exactly. And then you have a new idea of what prime is. See. Yeah. That's good. I hope that I have, I think I have an upcoming physical prime. I don't know why, but I'm feeling very good about this current health kick I'm on. Even That's though exciting. Listeners of the podcast will know that this happens quarterly. <laughs> that I but get you ex- look good. You look good. Thank you. Yeah, I've dropped a few LBs. And, um, I probably lost like 20 something pounds. Wow. And wow. Uh, I've been running. I'm going to do a half marathon in November. Uh, right on, man. And, uh, That's That's huge. something that I never did, even as a young Which person. Which one? So, the uh, Las Vegas half marathon. Oh, how fun. Is that one of those rock and roll ones yep. where they have like the bands along the way and stuff. Yes, that's a blast. I don't know shit about it, but we'll I'm have just a like good time. I'm excited, and I uh, I ran a mile or two miles the other day, and it hurt like fuck. And then I thought to myself, only eleven more. <laughs> what about a ten k? What What about considering that? I don't feel like that's enough of a. I had I I've run five or six miles in my life back in the, a long time ago. Thirteen miles would be like the longest I've ever run in my because entire. you're talking about running for two hours straight. Really? More for me. So more for maybe 2.15 or something. I would say it's probably going to be three hours for me. Okay. Right? That puts me at like... Four miles mi- an hour. Four, four miles an hour. That's like walking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. That's that's all right. If you do like a tw- twelve minute or even fifteen minute mile. Yeah, that's four, four miles, miles yeah, an hour. Exactly. Yeah. So if I do a fifteen minute mile, so four. See mi- how much smarter you are than me. This is why you did so well in the SATs. I'm just good at doing. That's I'm good. just my brain also 
functions at like 85% when I'm stoned. Like I keep math for some reason yeah. when I'm high. Men are generally better at math, I believe, and maps. Yeah. That that might also be something that like is because uh, that we're, like some of our hobbies, some of the more uh, gender normative or, uh, uh, you know, like gender biased hobbies are more number and map based, like boys video game. But now that like I think kids are getting to play however they want to play, I think we're going to see that be beaten down. I don't know about that because you're talking, if you go way back and, you know, you're talking about like thousands of years ago, men needed to have that spatial ability to throw the rock, to hit the bear, to, you know, kill the lion or whatever. You know what I mean? So they did have different sets of needs. Right. But now no one needs to throw a rock. I know, but I think it's more inbred than just that. I think it's, I mean, I think it is more inbred. Like I think it's like in your DNA. What I'm saying is you don't think that we can evolve it out because- once uh, men aren't like every time a new man is born, you're like, here's a rock. Your job is to throw it at predators. Yeah. Uh, every time we no longer need to throw rocks at predators. Now it's like, here's a rock. Throw it if you want. If you don't want to. Oh, hey, uh, f- uh, um, female baby. I know. Here's yeah. a rock. Throw it. Don't throw it if you want. I'm just not sure about that because I feel like it's just like gender, right? There's always been homosexual people, heterosexual people, bisexual people, pansexual people. We didn't always talk about them, but they've always been there. So right. there's there's always something in the person, even if you want to get down to like a child molester. I mean, that's what does it for them and they're never going to change. And so it's something that that is right. that inbred. And I think that masculinity and femininity are that inbred. I don't think it'll be phased out. Oh, interesting. I think we'll be... My theory is we'll be blurring closer and closer to similar. Like there'll be less it's weird. I think man. people will just present however they like. I don't think there'll be tra- it'll like the traditional viewpoint will matter. I think people will just present themselves however they want. Like we'll see young w- women who are into ballet but wear have short hair and wear a baseball hat. You know, like Maybe. I think I think you'll I think it'll just like. You know, or dudes who have like long hair that they, dudes who wear dresses who also play football. Like, I just think like we're all, I think it's, it would be it's nice more than to just see. sativa and indica. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. You're, I know you're talking about like a perfect world right. and peace and harmony. Right. And that well, would I'm be saying, beautiful to see. Let's aim for that. Let's, hey, the world hasn't hit our prime yet. Yeah. America see? hasn't That's even hit I'm our saying. prime yet. And we're for, in this bubble in Los Angeles, which yeah. I like a lot. And, you know, we, are able to, our ideas are accepted more. Creativity is treated with a little more respect. Oh yeah, you can dress here. however you want yeah, in LA. For sure. You can't dress however you want in New York. You can, but you'll have to hear about it because you have to ride public transit. Yeah. Here in it's LA, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. And and in New York, you have to wear something that you can at least still walk in. Yeah. In LA, you don't even have to have something you can walk in. No, a lot of times people just wear like literally, not just flip flops, but the ones you wear in the shower. People yeah. just wear those. Uh, I've seen people wear like the <laughs> manicure, the pedicure flip flops, like the paper ones. <laughs> I've seen hey. women I've seen women mm-hmm. and men both in shoes that clearly are impossible to walk in yeah. but they look wild like hospital and, shoes but you only need to get like a foot from your car door to the restaurant <laughs> door so you see these uh like men and women like uh these people like teetering on like two super high heels like uh cartoons and you're like Jesus Christ please be safe and then only in LA because you get drive right up you don't even have to park your own car anymore pretty much anywhere you'd go 
Um, I wanted to ask you something. If you have, and I'm mis- it's escaping my mind, so forgot, I forget that. It's escaping me. I'm wanting to ask you something about Los Angeles and if you've done it yet and I'm forgetting. Um, hiked. Yeah, well, that's one thing. We all, uh, you, you, you hike around, don't you? Uh, Listen to me, hike around. I hike, I hike <laughs> Just, everywhere I go. Yeah, I walk out your door with a car, car binder and yeah. some rope. <laughs> Every, everywhere I go, I have a big ass backpack with a hose into my mouth and two big sticks. And I just hike around. I've gone hiking a few times. You know what? The, the New Yorker in me hates the fact that I have to drive somewhere to walk. Yeah. And I you, just like, I'd rather walk around my neighborhood because I, I could just go out my door and never be in my car. Yeah. To me, it just always feels stupid to drive somewhere to hike, but I'm getting the hang of, and I see why like being, it's I like a that. great escapist, like nature type. But thing. it's also a routine, you know, you just get into yeah. your routine and you do, you but do also what it's, you a bu- do. it's beautiful. It just feel, once you're on the hike, it doesn't feel like, Oh, I drove here. No, it's you're, really, yeah. really amazing. In What's Los your Angeles, favorite hike quick. spot? I, I park at Vermont Canyon. Listen to anybody out there stalking me. I park at Vermont Canyon uh, and then walk up past the tennis courts that I play at. And um, I do this loop it goes all the way up. It goes up to where they shoot the car commercials, where uh, there's always a you know Ma- Matthew McConaughey's in a car and looking in the rearview uh, mirror. A professional and, driver on a closed yeah, course. That's yeah. all. Yeah, that's right. And that's where they always shoot. And there's like a helicopter pad up there, and they hose it down, make it shiny, and put the car there, and it's right over <laughs> overlooking Los Angeles. That's you hike up there. That's my hike. Yeah, you and then they put the around. It's, it's like one down. hour, ten minutes total. What is it like? Two miles? No, one mi- No, it's a little more than that. I think it's maybe four. Wow. Maybe three and a half. But I also have a, you know, there's a bench on it I, on the hike. So I stop at the bench. I do my sit-ups. You know, there's a thing. That's there's And thing. that's why you are potentially coming upon your prime still. Yeah. Because you are living a, a healthy, full life. You're doing what you want to do, more or less. Yes. Uh, less. But my prime <laughs> will be making a little more money and selling some of my ideas. I'll tell you what I can't stand is if you watch a TV show and you think, and it's really bad, right? Like particularly game shows. I've been watching a lot of game shows because I have a game show. And sometimes you see one that is so bad. And all I think of is like, I cannot believe that is on the air and my show is not. You know, yeah, so it's, it's the first thing you learn is you that it's not that, actually, huh? a, it's not a full meritocracy. Yeah. If something's truly good, it'll get through whatever levels it needs to get through. But so much bad stuff. Oh man. Just doesn't make, uh, just makes it all the way through just because of so many other factors that don't even involve in the quality of the product. And then also so much good shit ends up, uh, no one ever seeing for no one's fault, but, the system that has been put in place. There's in this so business. much good stuff out there too. There's a lot of good content. There's then. just so much stuff out there. Hey guys, can am I right? How much content can there possibly be? <laughs> I'm talking Netflix, Hulu, Hulu, and <laughs> the good news is there's room for everybody, man. Because everybody wants to be entertained, you know. And at the end of the day, yeah. I am not going to be the hunter and gatherer, but I will paint the pictures on the wall and I yeah. will maybe, maybe I feel like eventually I'll just there'll be like an app called like the John Gabris app and it'll cost 80 cents but like the Damon Wayne's Jr. app will cost $4 a month mine will cost 80 cents a month and you can have access to everything he's done or everything I've done yeah. depending and then you should be like a hologram that just shows up like in the kitchen <laughs> I should you know be a kitchen I mean? like hologram I, I get up in the morning and I come out and I, I've thought and about say, being hi, a kid hi honey how's it going <laughs> oh you want me morning. to be a hologram husband Hus- yeah uh, I would. I holo- love this idea husband. A ho- yeah that's right so come on out Holo-hubby. to Hollywood and get your Hollywood husband or hologram husband yeah 
Hi, honey. How's your day? That I think a lot of women would be terrified if they came into their kitchen and saw me standing there, <laughs> even as a hologram. Um, I will. I would do that if it was if it paid SAG scale. I'd be. Yeah, no kidding. Of course, who wouldn't? That's the one thing I'd do is like I'll do like some weird five hundred dollar job, and it'll be like, okay, well now your body is in every kitchen in America. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, I I know Stephanie Courtney, who is the girl who does the progressive commercials. Yeah, you flow. know, flow right, and so. Uh, I remember talking with her like 15 years ago. I mean, when she'd gotten the gig as Flo. And as the years gone by, you know, talking to her and it just gets more and more incredible. And she, and I'll say, I just, I can't even believe it, Stephanie. Like, I, I don't even know what to say to you. And she'll be, she's like, Christine, you can't believe what they have planned. Like, she, it's going to get bigger. She's been running in a commercial longer than a lot of TV shows have survived with like narrative. It is stunning. It's works. You know what else, who else does that is the people that stand in that cranberry bog. Oh yeah. Those two guys, there's an older guy and a younger guy. But are they actors or are they farmers? They're actors. Oh. And they're standing in a cranberry bog. No, because one of them was my ex-husband's friend and roommate in college. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And then, uh, then the Sonic guys, uh, Peter Gross and uh, T.J. Jagodowski, or sometimes it's, did it used to be Piscazzi? Whatever. Yeah. Those old school Chicago improv dudes. Uh, they've been doing those Sonic commercials Amazing. for a long time. Yeah. And it's funny because like commercials running longer than a TV show. Like has has Progressive been on longer than The Sopranos was? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think Flo has, had, oh, has been sure. around longer than The Sopranos, for were, sure, which is for crazy. Sure. That is crazy. That is crazy. That's something crazy to think about. Oh man, Flo, good, good on you, sister. Good, good for you, Stephanie. Good for you, Stephanie. You're killing it out there, dog. No kidding. Killing it out there. <laughs> no kidding. Um, that would be. I wonder though if to talk to Stephanie, and I'd like to have her on my show sometime because I'd like to ask her: <laughs> Are you in your prime? Do you feel like you're in your prime? How does it get better than this? And she probably would say. I'm not allowed to do a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. She's got yeah. A, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know contracts. much. I don't know much about what uh, her situation is, but I'm sure there's good and there's bad with it. I'm sure in uh, the first three years, the good seemed to outweigh the bad. And in the last couple, the yeah. bad seemed to outweigh the I good. I wonder what happens if she's in a car accident. Do they cover her? They have to. Do you think? <laughs> they better. You don't know. Or else that's the ultimate headline. Wouldn't it be funny if she was a but really bad like driver? If you're like a, if you are a, <laughs> Samsung spokesperson I don't think like if you're a celebrity who's, who does Samsung commercials yeah. I don't think they want to see you in the no. in the trades with an iPhone and that's very true um, because I w- as when I was a flight attendant to bring it back to that I would have like race car drivers on my on my um, plane frequently and they would have to be drinking a Miller Lite or whatever because that right. was their sponsor yeah so certain players certain um, people right, yeah they had, don't drink, be, they had to drink they had to especially now those. someone pulls out their camera phone takes a picture of oh you drinking a, a Bud Light and you're a Miller Lite spokesperson, you're fucked, dude. Who would you want to be a sponsor for? If you could be like to get free product or to get any you know good product, who would you want your sponsor to be? If, oh, if it were to translate to free product. Oh, shit. That's a good question. I, of course, I got to say um, Mac Weldon, who uh, <laughs> is a sponsor of this podcast, uh, promo code Mighty. Um, they are a wonderful product. I love free underwear. Yeah. Uh, and they, Do you have them on right now? Yeah, I do. Are they comfortable? They're very comfortable. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. I've seen a lot of, uh, yeah. Oh, that, Ooh, that's well. a good looking knit. I like that. It's a, it's a, it's a boxer knit. That's some good knit, baby. I like that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, 
But if I had to pick a like, if it was a dream, like sometimes I thought like Ray Bans, you know, because I need, I would love to have a good pair of sunglasses or a lot of them. Right, and it's a product that you know you're comfortable advertising. Right. Then yeah. I thought like tennis rackets, you know, yeah. but really it gets on. Mine would be Boar's Head cold cuts. Yeah, <laughs> no, it would. I'd want a free. Sh- I want fr- ten pounds of roast beef delivered to my house every Monday morning. I don't believe. No, you. I don't. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Would it be a car like a Tesla, or would it be? Oh yeah, uh, Ford Bronco. Vintage Ford Broncos, uh, Audi jets, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Oh, I should, I should reach out to them. But honestly, I just want a weed company to sponsor yeah. my podcast. I want so my that own I can have free weed. weed. I want my own strain of weed. I want to have story worthy weed. Oh. I think that'd be really good. You sit down, smoke, and tell some stories, man. <laughs> you know, bring it. It would have to be a sativa or sativa dominant yeah, hybrid. I, feel I think like. so too. Yeah, for me, yeah. it's kind of my wheelhouse. <laughs> you got your cabinet. I got a wheelhouse. <laughs> Where exactly is this wheelhouse full of weed? You say. Um, wait a minute. When is my prime? I think my prime <laughs> is about to arrive. I think yes. my prime is about to arrive. I feel good. My life is good. My finances are pretty good. I am kind of doing what I want. If I'm not doing exactly what I want to do, but what I'm doing is something I never thought I'd be doing, which is really fun and interesting. And Wait, you never thought you'd be an actor? No, I never thought I'd be doing this much podcasting oh, stuff. Oh, I see, I see. And like yeah, now yeah. I have three different podcasts and I really enjoy it because so I like great. talking and I yeah. like talking to people. So it all worked out. I just so didn't, I didn't realize that this was a possibility. You know, when I, I still don't know what my end, my end game is, what, what job or what, but I want to experience as much stuff as possible and I feel like as I have more money and as my taste becomes not more refined, but more specific, I think I'm going to find my prime more and more. You know what I mean? Like having now travel, I know it sounds so bougie, but I never had money until I was in like my early thirties, which was only a a couple of years ago. So I never really traveled until then. I never really did stuff that I wanted to do. Now I'm doing more and more stuff that I want to do. And the more, and I'm, uh, uh, by the way, I should explain because I, I am married into a very successful. My wife uh, makes. My wife is my sugar mama. Wow. Yeah, and it's a you. delight. I mean, That's I do exciting. okay. Yeah, I do pretty well for yeah. myself, but she does fantastic. Well, for it's us. exciting as you get older to not only um, get things you want or like you know achieve certain goals if it's whether it's financial or whatever, but it's also exciting to know what you don't want and to not feel guilty about leaving things behind. Like yes. you know what? I'm never gonna be a mountain biker because you know what? I just don't I don't I'm not into it. So quit people don't ask me to mountain bike. I'm not doing right. I don't want to go. Right. Like you get to know And even more. like this little you tell yourself less lies. Like yeah I'm probably gonna end up you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, that's not for me. I don't have time for this. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to yeah, bow. Yeah. I, I'm not doing so that. So there is, there is some good news about getting older. And frankly, you know, everybody's gonna, everybody's going to have to go through it. So suck it up, you know? Yeah, well, as as they say, the alternative yeah. is way worse. Way worse. <laughs> but it is exciting. It's an exciting time for you. Very much so, John. I could feel a little buzz off you. Really. Uh, it's yeah, exciting. That's There's the SFVOG. Great, great confidence, <laughs> though. But uh, seriously, the thing with podcasting is it, it, it it's... You know, we, you build it up from nothing and you don't know where it's going to go because any of your shows, any of my shows could be on any of those outlets, Hulu, Netflix, whatever. Yeah. Why not? Or shows will come out on Hulu and be less successful than your podcast is. <laughs> you never know. Well, seriously, like, you know, yeah. I'm sure there is shows on Hulu or no dig against Hulu or on any streaming service that get less viewers than listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, of course. Because Joe like, Rogan is doing something in podcasting. He's got better ratings than a lot of television. Well, and it's all over the world. Right. You know, it's accessible everywhere. Yeah. You, you see on, I'm sure, on your breakdowns, you know, Anywhere you see that different they speak countries. English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even, even if they don't, it seems like... Uh, yeah. Podcasts hope, are listened to all over the world. It's exciting. I hope no people are using High and Mighty to learn to speak English. And then all these people across the world are like, fuck boy. <laughs> and then like, oh, that was a guess. You know what? I did do an offensive foreigner accent, but I did the, the best, the second best thing. I was so vague as to what f- nationality yeah, I was even was trying very to do. Vague. I didn't it's even just know if it general was a, a man foreigner. Or, yes, yeah, could have a man. Woman, <laughs> fuck boy, I'd, number yeah. one. Yes, fuck boy. <laughs> it sounds like a Russian Amish guy. Really? Yeah, I think I'm like yeah, somewhere in between Czech and Asian with that <laughs> Czech Asian, if you will. Um, well, speaking of prime. Tell me a little bit. Uh, let's uh, let's get into our plugs here, Christine. What are, what are we? Uh, oh, I'll plug. You, oh, here's you what got I your podcast plug. story worthy. Story worthy is a great show. Storyworthypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. I have about five hundred and ten episodes now, and been doing it over eight years. And I love storytelling. I love listening to other people's stories, and I'm just naturally curious. So I really love that show. I try to keep it at about thirty five minutes a week. Listen to that show. Yes, and then you have a monthly show here called the Story Smash. Story Smash, and that's a game show. It's super fun. You've played it. You've won it. It's just a great show. Simple concept. One wheel. 16 topics. It's pretty wild watching very good storytellers yeah. try to tell very good one minute long stories. Or People two spin the wheel, stories. whatever it lands on, you tell uh, you know, you know, tell a one minute story on that topic. It is fascinating how much you can learn in one minute. It's it's a it's a real lesson in brevity. Yeah. And then what's this? Surviving the Ride Surviving is your one Surviving the Ride show? is my one woman show. This, should, this episode probably is coming out before the 4th and 5th, oh, so good. feel free so to plug oh, this good. as well. It's on August 4th at the Hyperion. I'm showing you the flyer like the you need Lyric the info. At the Hyperion Theater here in uh, Los Angeles in Silver Lake. So it's called Surviving the Ride. It's at 6.30 at night. It's 45 minutes long. Check it out. And this is your one-woman show just draft about- beer. It's about It's my one-woman show. Uh, quickly, you know, I was a flight attendant, like I said, and we talked about that a little bit, but then I went into the Peace Corps, and that was a real life-changing event for me. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and then- And did you think you were in your prime when you were in the Peace Corps? Mm, I did, actually. Right? I felt really good. Uh, but then, not to give away the ending of my show, but you know, guys, you should come see it anyway. While I was in the Peace Corps, boom, I got, I got uh, ill- Oh no! Yes, and I had a little bit of cancer. Just a, a little. The doctor said a little bit. Just a little bit. No, <laughs> a lot. You know, and I had to <laughs> had to have a kidney removed and go through. Jesus. You know, so I got, uh, you know, boom. You know, taken so out of the, the Peace Corps. That's the ride you survived. The ride, yeah. And then you know, coming to Los Angeles, and I've been here for twenty years, and you know, and just surviving out here. And you know, some years you make a lot of money, some years you don't make a lot of money. Yeah, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. You know, life is all about surviving the ride, hanging on. And you know, it's so at the end of the day, sorry to you know <laughs> bum anybody out, but there's no. a kind of a good message you know i mean i don't want to be you like survived. people, people are like rolling good... their eyes like boring but no, that's a, <laughs> there is no he, one rolls their eyes as boring to someone surviving well, cancer. You'd be you're surprised. not allowed to <laughs> no but it is this isn't a cancer show as it right. were it really isn't <laughs> but it also is just the idea that uh boy i'll tell you man life is short i play tennis with these guys like i was saying that are in their 80s and they look at me and they just think they'd kill to be 52 years old do you yes. know what i mean and then you look at a 32-year-old and... And I'm uh, like, oh, man, I want to just jump on it, you know? <laughs> uh, guys, as always... Oh, what, what, where, what are you on social media? Story Smash? Uh, at Storyworthy. At, at Storyworthy. Story yeah, that's good enough. Thanks. At Storyworthy. Check it out. I'm at 
uh, Gabris on uh, all social media. Check out uh, Action Boys on Patreon um, for $5 a month. We review action uh, action movies every week. And then check out Raised by TV on Stitcher Premium. Promo code TV. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.